Well, this morning we're going to be starting a new series called uh, How to Win Within. The whole idea is what's happening inside of us in our hearts. I don't know about you, but uh, I often feel like there's this internal uh, battle going on in my heart between what I want to do and what I actually do, between faith and fear, between feeling like God is with me and I can accomplish anything and allowing insecurity to hold me back between those moments where I feel like um, uh, no matter what happens, God's going to see me through to, I, I don't know if, if I really want to do this. Uh, if anybody else had those, those moments, those, that feeling tug of war, man, I know my life is making a difference. I wonder if my life matters. I think so many of us have that because what I've learned and really what we're going to see as well, uh, what the Bible teaches us and what science has revealed is that there is a, an ongoing internal battle in our hearts. It, it, it happens all the time. And it's something that if we don't learn how to win that battle, the entire direction, the entire way that we live will be impacted uh, for the negative. There, there are branches of science, cognitive behavioral psychology, which is a mouthful, but cognitive behavioral psychology has discovered that uh, many of our outer behaviors are dictated by subconscious thought processes uh, at, at a neurological level. These neurological pathways that are developed inside our brains. And what they've discovered is those actions, it could be... Um, Relational discord, it could be eating disorders, it could be anxiety, fear, control, anger are established within uh, our, our neurological pathways. So when I talk about the word heart here this morning and throughout this series, I am not talking about the physical organ that is pumping blood through your body. And I'm not even really talking about your brain and the synapses in your brain, although we're going to talk about that a little bit. When I say heart, I'm talking about the deepest part of who you are. In the Bible, when it talks about your heart, it's talking about the, the seat of your mind, will, and emotions. Not just your cognitive thoughts, but your subconscious thoughts. The deepest part of who you are. And in that part of you, things are developed naturally and spiritually that will impact the direction of your life. And what science has discovered only recently Believe it or not, God revealed to us thousands of years ago. The wisest man who ever lived is a man named Solomon, and his wisdom came from God. And part of that wisdom, God's wisdom, reveals to us this truth that science has discovered, and it's what it says in Proverbs. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. If you don't like the direction of your life, change your heart. It's not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. Now, here's the bad news. You can't really change your heart. But here's the great news. God can. If you will bring the word of God to bear in your life, into your heart, he can transform you and change you. But Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart. In other words, the direction of your life is established by the thoughts of in your heart. The direction of your life. Now, not everything that happens in your life. Please hear me. This isn't about uh, having a positive mental attitude. If you think good thoughts, you'll attract good things to yourself. That's not what I'm saying. 
There are things that are going to happen to you that are outside of your control. Things that are good, things that are bad, things that are exciting, things that are horrible, things that you are glad about, and things you wish you never had happened. But out of your heart will flow how you live, how you behave, how you respond, how you engage, how you react to what happens in your life. And it is critical that we win the battle for our hearts. So how do we do that? How do we guard our hearts? How do we win the battle for our hearts? Here's what Paul, now Paul uh, became a Christian. He was a Jew. He, he hated Christians. Uh, he was persecuting them. He was known by the name of Saul. And he was going about around arresting Christians, throwing them in jail, watching me put to death. He thought this was great sport. Um, and he has this amazing encounter with the resurrected Jesus. His life, his heart is completely changed completely transformed and he no longer is known as Saul he's known as Paul who goes and travels all around that area of the world establishes churches reaches millions and millions of people ultimately throughout history for Jesus Christ because he's wrote he's written or wrote most of the books in the New Testament now here's what Paul had to say he said the weapons we use are powerful for the destruction of the enemy's strongholds to bring down every deception say deception that is a key to finding victory. To bring down every deception, to capture every thought until it is obedient to Christ. See, the enemy of your soul, the enemy of our souls, the devil, what he wants to do is he wants to come into our lives and use lies to build strongholds. He wants to build these strongholds of deception, these things that we believe that aren't true, these things that we believe that aren't accurate, and he does it one lie at a time, one deception at a time, one compromise at a time, one small step at a time, until this stronghold is built in our lives. And Paul says, you have to destroy those strongholds. So the lies start something like this. Oh, nobody likes me. I have no value. I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm ugly. I'm unlovable. The church is full of hypocrites. Christians are unkind. The pastor only wants your money. God doesn't really care about me. He doesn't listen to my prayers. God isn't good. God isn't faithful. God isn't real. And what Paul is saying is any lie that rises up against the truth of who God is, the truth revealed in God's word, the truth about who God says you are. If you don't destroy those lies, if you don't take those thoughts and make them submit to the truth of God's word, if you don't destroy those strongholds, they will destroy you. So you have to do this because it's how your life, your heart is changed and transformed. And so what I want to do before we get into how to destroy these uh, strongholds, these bondages in our lives, is I want to uh, take a moment and do a heart audit. I want you to think about how you think. So I know not everyone's going to do this because some people are just, you know, if I ask you to do something, you'll do the opposite. But if you could, humor your pastor and close your eyes. I want to lead you through a few questions. And I want you to think about your thoughts, your heart. Where does your heart weigh in on these things? So the first is this. Does your heart drift 
toward fear or faith? Is your heart full of worry, fear, anxiety? You're just constantly, oh my gosh, if, what's going to happen to my kids? Something bad's going to happen. I know something bad's going to happen. You're, uh, my health, I, I don't want to go to the doctor. If I go to the doctor, I know they're going to say something's wrong. I'm so worried about the economy. It's going to tank. And, and what's gonna, that going to mean for my, my business, for my finances, for my future? I, I'm so concerned about the direction of, of the country. Or is your heart full of faith? God, I trust you. My heart's full of peace because I'm living in your presence. I trust your goodness. I trust that you're going to lead me and guide me. That no matter what happens, even if things happen that I don't want to happen, I will not be shaken because my confidence is in you. Is your heart drift towards fear or faith? Here's the next part of a heart audit. Do you focus more on problems or possibilities? What's going to what am I going to do? I don't, I don't know what to do. I, this is horrible. I don't like this. You wake up in the morning, and the first thing you think is this is going to be a bad day. It's going to be a tough day. It's going to be a difficult day. I wish this day didn't have to happen. You haven't even gotten out of bed yet, but you're convinced this day is just going to be full of problems. And so as soon as you interact with someone and as soon as you engage with someone, you're critical of them and who they are and how they respond and how they interact with you. You're just critical of your spouse, your kids, your neighbors, your coworkers, the person driving down the street. Or is your heart focused on the possibilities? God, I don't know what today holds. I don't know if it's going to be a struggle. I don't know if it's going to be a great day, but I know you're going to be with me. So I'm excited about the opportunities that you bring into my life and the possibilities that this day holds because this day will never happen again. And so, God, when you bring people into my life, let me see it as an opportunity not to be critical of them, but to help them take a step closer to you through how I interact with them. God, I know this day is going to be a great day, even if it's difficult because I can overcome because you make me an overcomer. I can be victorious because you allow me and lead me into victory. Is your heart focus on problems or possibilities? Here's a third one. Do you care more about this life or the life to come? What are they going to say on my post? How many followers do I have? Am I being an influencer? How are my finances? Am I going to be able to retire? Do I, do I have enough to buy that new house, that second car, go on that dream vacation? What am I going to wear? How do I look? What are people going to think? Or do you... Th- or, or, or you're focused more on the life to come. God, I want to store up treasure in heaven. I want to leverage everything you've given me and be a steward who advances your kingdom. I don't want to bury what you've given to me in the dirt somewhere. God, I want to multiply it so it advances and impacts people. I want to walk in my gifts. I want to serve other people. I want my life, when it's all said and done, that I know as best that I could, I wrung out every possibility that you've given me. To make a difference for eternity. Is, do you think more about the life here on earth. Or, or your life to come in eternity. So when you start asking those questions. You can start seeing where some strongholds may exist in your life. So why is that important? Why does it matter? Why, do, why, why take the time and do kind of a, a heart audit like that? Why uh, think about how you think? Here's why. Because Jesus said this. From the heart 
come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. So Jesus is saying, listen, in your heart, you have these thoughts. And from those thoughts, all kind of things flow out. And this isn't an exhaustive list. Jesus is just saying, for example, here's some things. Adultery, murder, immorality, theft, lying, slander. He could have gone on and on. 2,000 years later, he could still be giving us a list of things that come out from the thoughts that we think on in our hearts. Those, those things that we fixate on. So um, let's use, for example, um, if you decided you're going to embezzle from your company. You're going to steal money from the company you work for. Most, most of the, I would say 100% of the time. You don't wake up one morning and say, everything's good in my life. I have no problems. My business is great. The people I work for are wonderful. I am so well paid, and my finances are in such a great place that I just decided today out of the blue to start stealing. No, what happens is somewhere, something like this, I'm underpaid. I don't like the way the company pays uh, the executives more than they pay the other people. Uh, I have financial problems. I can't make my, uh, my finances work. I, I have debt. I have this. There's some anger. Fine, they're going to treat me like this. And so you start thinking on that over days, over weeks, over months. And eventually, the thoughts that are in your heart lead toward theft. So Jesus is saying you have to really look at your heart because the thoughts in your heart will come out in your life. The thoughts in your heart will come out in your life. The thoughts in your heart will come out in your life. All you have to do is ask someone who's been unfaithful to a spouse. And if they're honest with you, it didn't start with the morning they woke up and had an affair. It started with the thoughts in their heart. That's why Jesus said adultery flows out of the heart. So we have to look at our heart and say, if I don't like the direction that my life is going, I need to change my heart. So how do we do that? I want to look at two keys in destroying, demolishing, tearing down the strongholds in our hearts so that we can be changed by God's spirit. The first is this. Identify the biggest mental stronghold in your life. That means you have to kind of take an inventory. And say, what is that thing in my life, that lie that I've believed, that lie that's taken root? I'm unlovable. I'm ugly. I don't fit in. I don't belong. Nobody likes me. God hates me. I'll never amount to anything. I have no value. I have no purpose I don't know what that lie is that you've believed, but you have to look at your own life and say, where is that stronghold? I could start rattling off more and more. I don't know what your, your stronghold is, but you have to identify it. You have to name it. You have to own it. You have to say, this is what it is. And you say, well, why do I need to own it? Because if you don't own it, you don't know what you need to do to destroy it. See, you cannot defeat what you do not define. In military tactics, right, you have to define who your enemy is and, and, and how you're going to uh, win the battle. So in, in your own life, you say, I've got a stronghold. I have to know what that stronghold is so I know that I am destroying the right thing. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor, it's not that I can't tell you what my stronghold is. I can give you a list of them. Don't, don't give me a list. 
Don't start with 20. Don't start with 50. Don't start with five. Start with one. What is the biggest one in your life? Find victory there and then go on to the next. So identify what that is. What is that stronghold in my life? Now, you have to identify it because then you can begin to figure out how do I defeat this? If a lie creates the stronghold, okay, we read our weapons are powerful. And what we didn't read, but it's in there, is our weapons aren't of man-made material. They're not of the flesh. They're not, you know, they're not materialistic in nature. They're not carnal in nature. You can't pick up the weapons that we use. They're spiritual in nature. So if a lie builds the stronghold that we are bound by, then the truth is what will set us free. Here's what it says in John. You will know the truth, Jesus said. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you don't identify the stronghold, the lie, how can you identify the truth that sets you free? So the second step is this. Identify the truth that demolishes that stronghold. What is that truth? What is that thing that says, this is what I believe, this is what I'm in bondage to, but that's not the truth. See, what, what, uh, what science has discovered is that when you think a negative thought, it becomes easier and easier and easier to think that same negative thought. When you believe a lie, it becomes easier and easier and easier to believe the lie. Negative thoughts actually change our, our brains physically, neurologically. There's a neurological chemical reaction that happens in the synapses of our brains, and they create neural pathways. And the more that we think negative thoughts, the more those neural pathways get established. So let me give you a, 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 an example of this. Let's say every day you wake up and, uh, and the mail comes. And so you go out to get the mail. You walk out your front door. You walk across your lawn to your mailbox and get the mail. Every day you get up, go to the front door, walk out the front door, walk across the lawn and get the mail. And every day you follow that same path. Not for a day, not for a week, not for a month, but for years. What would you see across your front lawn? A path. The grass would be well-worn. The ground would be hard. The soil would be compact. And you would have this path on your, on your front yard. That's what happens when we believe a lie. Eventually, it just becomes the path that we take. The path of least resistance. It's easy, it's comfortable, it's what we do. Now, here's the amazing thing. In, in the physical world, you know what we could do? We could fix that path. We could get some equipment in there, break up the hard ground, rake it, put some fertilizer on there, add some seed, water it, and after a period of time, you know what wouldn't be there anymore? That path. You know what the first key to making that path go away Stop walking on the blessed path. You can do all that work. You can break up all the ground. You can put down the seed, a fertilizer, water it. But if you keep walking that same path, it won't change. It will still be worn out. And there still won't be grass there. So when you identify this is the stronghold in my life, now what's the truth? The truth says I'm going to walk a different path. I'm not going to walk that same path. I'm going to walk a different path. See, just like negative thoughts, uh, we... Uh, release a neurological chemical, positive thoughts also release something in the brain called dopamine. And when dopamine's released, you get uh, excited. It makes you feel good. And so as you begin to grab hold of the truth, the truth 
will feel good. It will make you come alive. And over time, you'll, you'll chart a new course. But here's the thing. At first, it feels awkward. You want to go get the mail, and what's your first instinct? Open the door and walk down the path you've always walked down. But no, I'm going to go through the garage. I'm going to walk down the driveway, and I'm going to go get the mail that way. It feels awkward. You don't want to do that. It's just easier. It's quicker. It's more natural to go out the front door. You have to train yourself by God's grace to bring the truth to bear in your life, to chart a new path, to establish a new course. Here's what it says in Hebrews. For the word of God is living and active and power and full of power. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. So Paul says you need to bring uh, the power of God to bear and destroy and demolish these strongholds. And what are the weapons that we use? You don't go out to the store and buy them. What you do is you bring the word of God to bear. And when, when, when it talks about the armor of God, it's the sword of the spirit. Our weapon is the power of God, the word of God, the spirit of God, alive and active in our hearts, changing us from the inside out. And so what we need to do is we need to say, okay, here's the lie that I believed. Here's the truth of God's word. I am going to walk in the truth of God's word. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God is powerful enough to destroy any stronghold in your life. And for some of you, that's the lie that you believe. You don't believe that God's word is strong enough to set you free. But it's not just the written word of God as the Bible. It's Jesus, the word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. When the person of Jesus, the word of God, the living word, and the written word of God come together and come to bear in our lives, powerful, amazing things happen. But we have to get to the point where we say, I'm going to make this change. I'm going to apply this to my life. I am going to allow God to change the lies that I believe, to transform my life. If you're not willing to do that, you'll never be free. See, here's the amazing thing. When, for so many of you, right, Jesus came. He, the word of God came, and he died for you, and he died for me, and he was raised from the dead. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, he set the cap. Jesus said, I've come to set the captives free. And so what happens is we're in these strongholds of lies that we've believed, and he's come down, and he's unlocked the gates but until you push that gate open and walk out, you're still living in a stronghold. So you have to at some point say, I am not going to live believing a lie. I am going to walk out in the freedom that God's given me. So let me give you an example of what this might look like, an old path that you might walk and how you can begin to renew your mind by God's word. So maybe your old path is something like this. Um, you had a frustrating day at work, a hard day at work, difficult. It was just stressful. It happens. You come home, and, uh, and it was a crazy day at home. It was a frustrating day at home. Everybody just had a bad day. It happens. And you walk in because you had a bad day, because the house was crazy, because some combination thereof. And your old path is this. You walk in, and the first thing you do is you start yelling at your spouse. You start taking it out on them. You start being critical of them. Why didn't you? Why couldn't you? Why haven't you? And then to calm your nerves, your old path is to go grab a drink because it'll just settle your nerves and make you feel a little bit better. 
Then your old path leads you to be critical of your kids and making fun of them and, you know, pointing all the blame at them. These kids, if you would just clean up your blessed rooms, we wouldn't have these problems. Why can't you just listen? Why can't you do what I ask? Why are you living like this? Why are you making these choices? And it just builds tension and frustration and you're yelling and you're uh, upset and your tone is down and, and talking down to them. And it's this terrible thing. And you say, I don't like the direction I'm going. I don't like the way this is leading. It's not making a, a happy home, a loving family. It's making it more tense. But I can't seem to change. So here's what you need to do. When you walk in the door and you see it's been crazy, when you walk out of your, you step out of your car and you realize I'm still frustrated from my day, before you walk inside, stop. Count to three. Count to 10. Count to 130. And, and say, okay, God, help me. Help me to settle my heart, my thoughts, my spirit to experience your peace. I don't want to walk this old path that leads to greater turmoil. And so your truth might be something like this, which is found in Proverbs. It says this, fools give uh, full vent to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. God, I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be a fool because if I vent and take it all out and, and follow this old path, the end isn't going to be better. It's going to be worse. I want calm. I want peace. I want a subtleness in my home. God, help me. Help me to walk this new path. And then go back in your house. Open that door and say, hey, uh, I don't know about you. I've had a tough day, a frustrating day. I don't want to take it out on you. I don't know. It seems like there's been some drama here at home and some turmoil, and, and I don't want that to impact the rest of of the evening. Change your tone. Change your voice. Say, I want us all to experience peace together. And so instead of grabbing a beer, grab their hands and say, let's invite God in and let's pray together. Now, at first, it's going to feel awkward. At first, you're going to want to just do what you've always done and lash out and grab a drink and blame and be critical. That's the natural thing. And at first, it's going to feel like I'm not being sincere. I'm not being genuine. I'm just doing this, and I'm going through the motions. You are being genuine, but you're charting a new course. You're walking a new path, and you have to allow the internal work of the Holy Spirit to begin to transform you and change you, and it will take time. I know people say, I tried it for a day. It didn't work. Wow, a day. You've got 30 years of bad patterns you got a 30-year path. You try for one day. Yeah, it didn't work. Surprise, surprise. I tried for a week. Right, 30 years versus a week. Try it for 30 years. I promise you, if you do it for 30 years, the entire direction of your life will be different. You say, I don't want to try it for 30 years. I want to fix 30 years of problems in 30 seconds. Well, that makes God a genie in the bottle. God says, I want you to bring the word my word to bear in your life, and you're going to have to walk this out with fear and trembling. Put this into practice and watch what God does. So what is the stronghold in your life? What are those areas that the enemy is trying to destroy your faith, your relationships, your future, your calling? What is that stronghold? Now, I could, I could go down lists of these. But I just want to give you a few to give you some ideas. Now, you might say, I can identify my lie. I don't know what the truth is. Well, come to me. Come to one of the pastors here. Come to your small group leader. Let someone help you find the truth in God's word. But here's some examples. Here's one. I don't know what to do next. That's the lie you believe. Here's the truth. The Lord will direct your steps. And that's found in Proverbs. Here's another one. I can't get past my past. Here's the truth. You can forget what lies behind, and that's found in Philippians. Here's another. 
I've been through too much. You, you don't know what I've been through. Everything that I've been through, it's been too much, and, and God can't use me. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Here's the next one. I hate my body. I hate how I look. Fat. I wish I was three inches taller. I wish I was four sizes smaller. I wish I had hair. I wish I had a beard. I wish I was a bodybuilder. Whatever it is, all those things, they all just, if, if I was just different, I'd be more attractive. Here's the truth. You are wonderfully made in God's image and likeness. Here's the next one. I'll never fit in anywhere. I just, I'm just never going to belong. I mean, once people really get to know me, I just have to bounce to the next place. I'm never going to really belong to a group of friends, to a family, to a church. Here's the truth. You belong in God's family. You belong in God's family. And that's not just the, the idea of being adopted into God's family uh, in, in a spiritual sense. You belong in a local church that loves you, that cares about you, that puts their arms around you and says, we're so glad you're here. And it doesn't mean you won't be challenged to grow and change, but it does mean that they're going to say, no matter what, no matter what, no matter what, you belong here. And if you can't find a church like that, keep looking because they exist. And that's what God wants his church to be an expression of. And for someone here, I just sense that it could be a young man or it could be a grown man. Your whole life has been, my dad will never be proud of me. My dad tried everything. I've tried to perform. I've tried to meet his expectations. I, I, I've been on teams. I've made money. I've been successful. And dad will never be proud of me. But here's the truth. God says, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. So what you need to do is identify that lie that, that created that stronghold and then find the truth that destroys that lie. See, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you earn, how successful you are, how many homes you buy, how big your business is. It doesn't matter where you travel. It doesn't matter uh, the level of success that you could find, however the world defines success. None of that matters in the sense that you will feel, a, um, you will feel uh, free in Christ. You will be free in Christ if you're bound to a lie. See, you cannot live freed by the truth when your heart is bound by a lie. All the externals won't really bring you freedom. So identify the lie, destroy it with the truth. Identify the lie, bring God's word to bear on it in the truth. Identify the lie and stop living in a stronghold that's already been unlocked. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Walk out, walk out, walk out, I say, in the name of Jesus. Push that gate open and say, I don't have to live here anymore. I won't live here anymore. I will be changed. I will be transformed. I don't have to live in this stronghold. I don't have to live in bondage. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the truth isn't simply a belief. The, sim the truth isn't simply a statement. The truth is found in a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you bring the truth of who Jesus is, the word made flesh, and the truth revealed to us in God's word, the Bible, 
and you bring those together in your life, there is no, no, no stronghold, no bondage, nothing that can keep you in that bondage except you. Heavenly Father, right now we come to you. Oh, God, I know this message is probably speaking to all of us at some level, some way, shape, form. So, God, for us right now, I'm asking, would you speak? Show us, reveal, open our hearts to whatever lie it is that we've believed. That biggest stronghold, because if we don't destroy that stronghold, it will destroy us. So God, help us. Show us right now in the inner person of each one listening, in the depth of who we are, in our heart, in our spirit. If you know what that lie is in your life, that stronghold that's holding you back, and you know what that is right where you are, just, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Say, I've got a stronghold. If you're joining us online, click the button. It says there's some stronghold in my life that needs to be demolished. Now, with every hand up, just everyone pray. Just pray, God. God, bring your word to bear right now, whatever that lie is. God, bring your truth to bear in our lives. God, help us to walk on a new path. Not the old path, but a new path. And God, at first, it's going to be difficult. It's going to take consistency. It's going to take time. But God, by your Holy Spirit, by the power of your Holy Spirit, strengthen us. Give us the uh, stamina to keep going. When it doesn't seem like it's changed and we want to revert back to the old patterns, God, help us to keep going, to keep going, to move forward so that our lives will be changed because our hearts have been changed. And because our hearts have been changed, God, the direction and impact of our lives will be changed. Now, in just a moment, we're going to sing a couple more songs and celebrate who God is. But here's my challenge to you. If you raised your hand, if you said there's a lie that I'm believing, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, all of you. Everyone just stand to your feet. But if you raised your hand as we sing this song, we're going to declare the goodness of God. And for some of you, you can't even believe God's good, but I'm telling you, if you'll step out, this is the first step on a new path. It's not going to change. It may not change immediately. It might. Oh, God might do a supernatural work and praise God. It might not happen immediately, but this could be that first step on a new path that changes the entire direction of your life. So as this song is played, I'm encouraging you, if you raised your hand, don't hesitate. Make your way forward and and just get in God's presence and let him move. Let him do something great in your heart and in your life.